Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, We've got the patented random album generator right in front of us. So uh, let's hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And the album we're going to be listening to is Eric's Trip, Love, Terra. Oh, that's CanCon, I do believe. Eric's Trip, I think they're one of those bands that was sort of in the same scene as like Sloan and uh okay cool i believe that's so but uh yeah a canadian indie rock band from moncton new brunswick uh, eric's trip achieved prominence as the first canadian band to be signed to seattle's flagship grunge label sub pop in the early 1990s the band had a minor hit in alternative single circles with the single Viewmaster from the 1994 album forever again so love terra is the the full-length album by Canadian indie band Eric's Trip. What year is this one from? 1993. Okay, so it's before their big hit. Or or maybe it's the uh, the hit became a hit after. Sometimes that happens in Canada, where an album comes out, and then a year later a single will actually hit. So uh, there really isn't anything on allmusic.com, but this is what it says on Wikipedia. Uh, says it was their first uh, release on Seattle's Sub Pop record label and their second not independent independently released, as well as the first album by a Canadian act to be released on Sub Pop. The album was self-recorded in three months and reflected Sub Pop's shift toward lighter, more melodic music from the grunge on which it initially built its reputation. Though the lo-fi quality of the record threw many listeners and critics off, it was still very well received in both Canada and the United States. The critical reception, uh, Mike Bell of the Calgary Herald praised the album as simplistic, charming, front porch folk pop with melodies that stick like a grade school tongue onto a flagpole or rock riffs that sound like a dysfunctional partridge family jamming in the garage. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So let's see. So there's 15 songs on the album. Uh, there's no side one, side two. Uh, so what we'll do is we will listen to the first seven songs. Okay. And And finish off with six. And then finish off with six. Yeah. Okay. And so if you're listening along, the album starts off with the song Behind the Garage, and we'll take a break. Uh, song number seven which is sunlight uh and then we'll discuss halfway through uh so the it was um, released on november 9th 1993 genre is uh, indie rock lo-fi and grunge uh label sub pop produced by eric's trip and bob weston so uh yeah so here we go here's the first song called behind the garage
Okay, ending the first half of the album with uh, the song Sunlight. So I, at first, I didn't like it. <clears throat> I'm just going to say it. It was starting to, it's, it sounds unfinished. Exactly. It sounds, it sounds like a demo. Yeah, it does. In a lot of cases. Um, a little bit less so when it comes to, well, Secret for Julie was probably the best produced song so far. Um, I liked Follow, although again it was very muffled. Sunlight was really good. Um, yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, Anytime you want was all right. Um, yeah, I know Stove was actually covered by Sloan. Uh, yes, it was. The, uh, um, their B sides and rarities stuff. So it's it's kind of out there somewhere. But uh, yeah, it it needs. I don't know. It just, it still needed a little bit. Like, I know it's grunge. It's not supposed to be too polished. Yeah. But this is really unpolished. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about, yes, it is very unpolished. And when you think about, like, Nirvana or Sloan's first album or whatever, they, they sound more complete. Yes. It, it's, it's still like Nirvana's first, well, sec- the second album, never mind. They they worked with a producer, Butch Vig, and they managed to s- have this uh, really polished sound, but still, it still feels like hard rock. It still feels like uh, like a punk rock album. It's it's it has this sheen on it, but it's still captures the energy of the band yeah exactly what you do is you sort of like you level everything off you make sure nothing's like buried too deep in the mix and something like that but you don't touch or you touch very little the actual sounds that the band is producing but i would also say i would also say with this some of the structure of the songs could use some work too Oh yeah. Like it's not just the recording. It's some of the structure of the songs um could do with some editing as well. No, I agree. Some of the songs again, they they sound like ideas that they kind of just put down. I mean, it's it'd be kind of demo that that I think would pique people's atten- uh, attention, but it I, I I'm I'm having a hard time accepting it as like a finished album. Exactly. Yeah. And I get that it's lo-fi. But the thing is, I've I've heard lo-fi before, and I enjoy it. And it's like I can't really hear the bass in here. Like even the other lo-fi music that I've heard and and that I like, you know, you can still hear everything. Um, and you know, even the last song, "Sunlight," yeah, it was a good song, but like. The, the guitars were so loud it was they were overpowering the vocals i couldn't i could barely hear the vocals yeah there's a lot of hard to hear vocals again that's when i thought secret for julie was the best produced one because you could actually hear what she was singing um it might just be her too <laughs> well that's true yeah so like I, I I get that it's lo-fi, I get that it's grunge, I get that it's like an indie thing and, and everything like that, but it's... There's ways there's ways to execute it that are... It, yeah, it sounds like a home recording, it sounds like a demo, it doesn't sound like a finished, um, a finished thing, it doesn't sound like 
uh like the other the other lo-fi music that i think of like is stuff like the brian jonestown massacre and things like that and that stuff is is still you know pretty underproduced but again it's like it's still mixed well it's still they're not you know they're not adding a bunch of effects they're just really mixing but it's still everything's balanced and they're mixing but they're not interfering exactly yes yeah and so i feel like although these songs have energy and i kind of so and well it's hard for me to connect with the music because it's 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 hard to really hear everything and so that's the challenge that i'm having that's kind of where i was too um some songs i can like sunlight was actually had me like boogieing a little bit so i thought yeah. it was pretty good well the drums in that were cool the, like the drums the, in that one were actually excellent the vibe is very much like a sloan demo because it, it just has that sort of sound like a lot of those canadian bands just had a certain sound in that period that grunge the early grunge sound especially specifically out of the east coast of canada just had a certain sound i wonder i'm curious about their their other albums and and what else like they they put out but like this is i don't know so yeah so we'll uh i guess we'll move on to the the second half of the album um and so it's uh it'll start off with the song june so uh yeah so here we go okay ending the album with allergic to love uh yeah it's um more of the same of just feeling like a like a demo or something that's not quite quite finished there not quite finished yeah i find like some of the songs like the best produced ones that maybe if the rest of them were up to the same standard as those ones it might be a little bit easier to get behind for me but i still think some of the songwriting needed a little bit more work too so um yeah it just it feels like it, it feels like a home recording it feels like it what it really feels like is it feels like um a new band like a high school band re- recording like their first time recording yeah it has that kind of feel to it like they don't really know what they're doing they just they got a they rented some equipment to record something and you know it's it's just something that they recorded because they have some songs that they've written and it feels very very much like that it feels very uh inexperienced it feels like they did it themselves it feels it doesn't feel like something you would necessarily put out as an album yeah that's sort of what i feel like um yeah it's 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 again it's not like the most terrible thing i've ever heard but it's um it's really really under polished and i'm i'm one of these people i like i'm not really crazy about a lot of things that are overproduced either but this is underproduced <laughs> exactly yeah i always do this enough if i were if i were 
producing them, I would say, okay, there's some really good ideas for so- songs here. Uh, let's let's have a pre-production meeting and you know pick. And the other the other thing too is there's 15 songs here, and usually when a band is uh, going in to record an an album, they always will or oftentimes will record more than what they're going to put on the album and so they'll record let's say an album the album the finished album has 12 songs they'll probably record like 15 or 16 and choose and leave off some of the weaker ones and then they'll put out the the album proper that has the the uh the best stuff or the the songs that they feel are the strongest. And I feel like because there's 15 songs here, they probably could have trimmed off. And if I were recording them, I would say, okay, let's record all, all 15 songs properly in a studio. Then, and then let's go and pick out like the, the best 10 or 12 songs. And that will be the album. Yeah. Um, some of the songs, like I, like I, I think some of them are, ideas that need to develop i i didn't mind the sort of like home recording sort of vibe it was giving but i still think that it could have been a little bit more you you know just get the the balancing right and stuff like that and and make sure you can actually sort of hear things like they could leave in all the background noises that they did and none of that bothers me um that's just part of the art think it's it's almost like an art project but it it's um but uh yeah i think part of the reason why they put everything on here is uh because the a lot of them are just really short um but again they're they're sort of like just underdeveloped ideas i don't know what june was that was a very strange i couldn't really hear what they were doing and then it's just sort of turned into yeah, hissing noises hissing, and then... yeah it was like a <laughs> like a conversation or something yeah yeah, the strumming in a conversation, but that's fine. Like, I don't mind little bits like that. But if if the whole album seems to be um, mostly comprised of bits like that, and you need more fully developed song ideas, then you can throw things like that in in between and stuff like that, and it doesn't really hurt you in the end. Right. But if you're relying on that, then to fill out the album, then yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so the question then is, uh, would you listen to this again? Uh, I know a lot of people are going to probably say that we need to, but I don't know if I would. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I am curious to hear the their other stuff and see where they progressed, just out of sheer curiosity, but I, and maybe, maybe if seeing how they progress, I could go back and listen to this and, and, and sort put, of pick to it put out. it in context. Yeah. Uh, but as a standalone, having after this first listen, after this first listen, uh, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I don't think this would. If this were my, if if someone were showing me this and saying oh you got to check out this band and they put this on i don't think i would I, I would listen to it again no i don't think i would i would pick up that recommendation 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an odd one. Yeah, that's all right. That's Things all right. Allowed to be odd. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, if you if you're listening to this and you you like this album, that's cool too. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll end the show there. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far. Uh, you can uh, go to polyphonicpress.com. Uh, you can drop us a line there and just say hello. And you can check out a bunch of cool stuff there. And if you feel inclined, you can um, uh, help us out on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash polyphonicpress. Uh, you can uh, get a shout out at the end of these episodes. You can get these episodes a week before they go live. And you can even pick an album for us, for us to review. And uh, there's a bunch of cool stuff there. And so, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy. <laughs>